welcome to the Unstuck Your Life podcast. I'm your host and life coach, Pamela Hughes. Every week, we're going to start to wiggle loose in area of your life that has got you stuck. Hello, hello, and thank you once again for joining me here on the Unstuck Your Life podcast. Today, we're talking about stress. Stress is something we have all encountered in times in our lives. In fact, stress is one of those things that has become ubiquitous. It seems like it's always there. Sometimes it's super heavy and overwhelming. Other times it's just this like low level grade hum that kind of runs through your body. We've all been there. We've all experienced it. And it's actually become something that we tend to accept. I'm so stressed. This is so stressful. This stresses me out. Stress has become normal. We've normalized it. Now, like if you've listened to the podcast for any period of time, you've heard me tell you that normal doesn't mean good. Normal means typical, okay? So when we say stress is normal, it means it's typical. Most people are stressed out, but that doesn't mean it is a good thing. So today we're going to talk about stress, how it impacts your body, what you can do about it, because if you listen... You know that I talk so much about the mental impact of stress, and I feel like I'm somewhat of an expert on the mental impact of stress because I have been a massively stressed out person for a good portion of my life. I was in the stressful competitive world of news radio. News itself will stress you out, which is one of the reasons why so many people turn off the news because it stresses them out. I was the only female talk show host in the city of Phoenix and a handful of just a couple of women doing it across the country, which means you're in this male-dominated field, which is super stressful, as well as the content, being a working mom and a wife and all of that, it took its toll to the point where it became really regular for me to chill out at the end of the night with a couple glasses of wine. That's how I took the edge off. Then that led to nights of like crappy sleeping and then the moodiness would kick in, which would, you know, kind of impact my relationship with my husband, how I showed up as a mom, you know, the whole thing. You guys have been there. But it didn't stop there for me. It wasn't just the mood and the behavioral things. I started getting headaches and heart palpitations and anxiety and losing my hair. Like, seriously, the, all of these things were happening to me. And I realized that this got bigger than me. So I want to help you guys with this as well today, the impact of stress on the body. So I wanted to bring in a friend of mine. She is also the individual who has helped me get so much of this under control and is such a valuable asset in this space. So I want to welcome to the program right now, Michelle Amato. She is a nurse practitioner and owner of Wingfoot Wellness. Hi, Michelle. Hi, how are you? Super good and so pumped to have you here right now because you have helped me as well as so many others. Man, I've sent so many people to you because I believe in what you do because I tried going to a lot of the traditional doctors when it came to the heart palpitations and the stress and the impact on my life. And everybody was like, Oh, you have migraines, take Imitrex. Oh, you have heart palpitations, take a beta blocker. Oh, you have anxiety, here's some Xanax. It was all like pill, 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 pill. Right. Which I recognize is there's value in that. Don't get me wrong. There's definitely yes. value. Yes. But nobody was fixing the problem. Nobody was helping me figure out what was going on in my body, which was all this cascade of issues. You helped me with that. 
So I just kind of want to start off really basic and with a really broad general overview of when people come to you and they tell you that they're stressed out, what are some of the most common kinds of symptoms that you're seeing physically in their bodies? Afternoon fatigue, brain fog, just pains everywhere, poor sleep, anxiety like you talked about, blood pressure going up or sometimes blood pressure can go down. So your adrenals are responsible for maintaining blood pressure, weight gain, weakness, not able to cope any longer with things that you you used to be able to deal with fairly easily, sugar cravings. These patients tell me that they drink caffeine as a routine to get through their day. Women stop ovulating. They stop having periods, autoimmune disease. I mean, the list is pretty much endless, but those are the biggest things I see. It's interesting because as you start like kind of positioning it, like here are the biggest symptoms that I see brain fog and drinking caffeine and afternoon fatigue. Prior to working with you, I thought all that stuff was just normal. This is what everybody went through, right? Exactly. Yeah. And you don't realize that's not the norm. I loved how you talked about normal until you feel better. And then you realize that's not how you get through your day. I thought, yeah, this is normal. And, and I even forgot what I used to feel like. Yes. Yes. That's a very common thing. Patients forget about how they used to feel because this is their new normal, right? They're like, oh, this is great. And then they forget about that. You and I have even talked in some of my follow-up appointments where you're like, okay, well, how's this doing? Oh, I forgot. That's not a problem anymore. And you're like, well, how's this doing? I'm like, oh, that was an issue. (laughs) Yeah. And it's not anymore. So you had talked about adrenals. And I'm not going to assume that everybody sitting here understands what that is, but I do know because we've worked together, the importance of your adrenals from a very high level, explain people what they are and and kind of how the role they play with stress in your life. First, I want to say, I don't think it's adrenal fatigue. We like to name these things, right? But really it's an adrenal imbalance. So those hormones can become imbalanced just like any other hormone, and they're definitely associated. So what are the adrenals? They sit on top of the kidneys. They're um, walnut-shaped glands that make hormones like DHEA, pregnenolone, cortisol, aldosterone, and uh, epinephrine, norepinephrine. So those hormones are essential for your metabolism, regulating blood pressure, regulating blood sugar, your stress response sexual development um, in children, and just the balancing of sex hormones. Pretty much everything in your life, right? So everybody's going to experience some part of that in, you know, many parts, many stages of their life from children to adults. So when you talk about like the metabolism and when you talk about just it impacting so many different aspects of your life, they play an integral role, but how does stress impact them. Usually what stresses people's adrenals out or causes an adrenal balance is sleep deprivation, low cholesterol, low fat diets, um, which I think describes the entire 90s, right? (laughs) Because your adrenals use cholesterol and that hormones that we talked about, pregnenolone and DHEA to make all your good sex hormones. So that that happens. Overtraining, overexercising, Wait, 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 slow down, slow down. Okay, because what you're just telling me right now is sleep, Mm -hmm. which is usually the first thing that goes when someone's stressed. Yes. 
So sleep contributes to yep. taxing your adrenals. Yep. Mm -hmm. Low fat diet, which yep. like you said, pretty much describes uh, the entire 90s. Right. And still that's ingrained in people avoid fat, right? You still hear it to this day, which is shocking. Well, you think like, I just think of snack wells as soon as you say low fat. <laughs> I think of like snack well cookies. <laughs> Thankfully, they are out of business. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I still got to go there. So the lack of sleep, the uh -huh. the snack wells, and the low fat diet, and then overtraining. Overtraining, yeah, it stresses out your adrenals. The one of the most difficult things, besides you know cleaning up people's diet and getting them to sleep, allocate more time to sleep, is to stop overtraining and over exercising. You don't need to exercise hours out of the day for five, six, seven days out of the week. We are not meant to do that. What does it do to your body when you do it? It's, an, it's a form of stress, right? So you could have actual stress. You can have a stressed body. You can have perceived stress. Uh, so any of those, it just adds to the stress to the body. So when you have either one, two, or all of those types of stresses in the body, what will people experience in that state? So then that, then you're going to have hormone dysfunction. You're going to have weight gain. Um, you're going to have immune dysfunction. So your immune system isn't going to work. You're going to be more susceptible to infection and poor mitochondrial function. So the mitochondria is the powerhouse of every cell in your body. And poor mitochondrial function is the aging process. That's what ages us. So what do you do about that? Like, what can we do to lessen the impact of that? Oh, there's tons of them. But I would say the number one thing is getting people to sleep. Really? Sleep. Yeah. Um, there's pain. Excessive um, pain can also cause this. So you want to treat pain. Any kind of excess if you have someone who comes to you who's drinking caffeine all day or having sugar all day or whatever their excess is, that needs to, to stop as well. So treating excesses is what I call. So nutritional support, there's lots of vitamins that are essential for the adrenals to work. That's a big thing. Hormone restoration, not replacement, hormone restoration. So What's given the difference? Well, replacement gives a negative connotation that I'm going to give you a hormone, therefore your body needs, is going to stop making it. That's not the case. We're supporting. It's like putting, I use this analogy all the time, putting gas in your car so your car can then go drive, take you wherever. I'm not replacing your car. I'm filling your tank with gas so you can get somewhere with it. Yeah, so appropriate exercise, um, belief systems, that's where you come in. Not having um, what I call coping bankruptcy just beliefs, you know, if, if your boss is stressing you out, is it really your boss's fault or is that how you're perceiving your boss's behaviors? Balancing your neurotransmitters. So those things that can cause anxiety and depression, Wim Hof breathing, meditation, it treat the excesses we talked about and then healthy sleep. So you, yeah. So we're back to that sleep, which <laughs> I'm hearing is like super important of which we know, you know, we, we've heard this for a long time. You got to get sleep. Sleep is important, but it's the thing that so many people also pride their fact on. Oh, I only need four hours of sleep at night or, oh yeah, I only get five hours yes. of sleep at night. Yes. It's a badge of honor, right? Yeah. So much of the culture we have developed around stress is a badge of honor. Yes. It is that I, you know, I'm super busy. I go, 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 go. I can't sit down. Look at me. I've got this to do, this to do, this to do. 
I'm only sleeping four hours a day. You know, yes, I have two, three glasses of, of wine because it helps me chill out. Uh, I feel overwhelmed and yeah, I'm tired, but I'm good. I'm, I'm putting my head down and I'm making it go. Yes. And I can describe that to everyone because it was me. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've me. all been there. Yeah. Yeah. And so when someone comes into you, comes in to talk to you and says they're stressed, I know that there's a whole process that you take them with, but for those folks that are listening right now, I hear sleep is important. First off, how much sleep would you quantify as being a good barometer for enough? I'd say seven to eight hours is the general rule for everybody. And, you know, again, everybody's individual. So I can't say everybody needs a certain amount of sleep, but for the most part, seven to eight hours. Okay. So yes. number one, get, get between seven and eight hours of sleep at night. Okay. Yes. What would be the second and the third thing that you would just in general, I know that you're not seeing these people, but just in general, from a health standpoint, you would recommend someone to do in order to start to get a handle on their stress? Uh, besides the sleep, I think my top three sleep would be there, nutri replacing nutrients. So we check nutrient levels on all of our um, patients. Um, and three is diet. So just a little bit about diet, and this kind of explains some of the issues we have with Starbucks and all the sugary drinks or whatever that business may be that sells a lot of sugary drinks, is every time you're having sugar, you make a lot of insulin, your blood sugar drops, and then your adrenals have to kick in to help that situation. So just avoiding a lot of excess carbs, which is one of the most difficult things for some of my patients to do, but some of the most helpful is just getting their diet corrected. So those top three, sleep, nutrient replacement, and, and diet. Does the body actually go through like a withdrawal as you limit the intake of, let's say, carbs and sugar? Yes, because you're... It, Sugar is like cocaine. If you did a, um, they've done some studies um, where they've had some rats in a cage and they've given them access to cocaine and sugar, they tend to go straight to the sugar. So it activates the brain. It makes the brain happy. So therefore we want to be happy quite a bit. And instead of making some life changes, it's easier to grab the sugar because sugar's in everything. It's everywhere. Self-treating is what I'm saying. Yeah. I call it buffering, coping. It's yeah. mm -hmm. what we go to so that we're not feeling what we're feeling. What we're feeling right now, it feels so bad. It's so stressful. I want to get away from it. Yes. So in order to get away from it, I'm going to go to sugar or sugar, alcohol, whatever you want to call it, whatever your vice is. Yes. We talk about coping and from the coaching aspect of life, one of the reasons why I got into it was because I recognized in myself the lack of coping skills I had. And I felt like every day I was cracking the mic and talking to people about adults and children who didn't have coping mechanisms. So all of that kind of manifested itself in, you know, what you see on the news. But that idea of coping and trying to get through the tough stuff in life, a lot of times we turn to that sugar, we turn to that alcohol, we overeat, we overdrink in order to cope with it. You, you brought up something a little earlier called coping bankruptcy. What do you mean by that? 
So the ability to cope your, your bank, if your bank account was, was reflective of your ability to cope and you are in bankruptcy, you have no, no more money to put towards anything. You are not able to cope anymore. And I love that you talk about the news. Cause I think every time I hear something on the news, I think it's a reflection of everybody's inability to cope. Right. So if I can fill that bank account back up with money, they're able to cope better. So even if stress comes, which stress is going to come for all of us, they're able to cope because they have that reserve there. How do you cope? How do you manage stress? Um, ooh, that's a good question. Um, I like to read. I make sure, you know, I check and make sure all my hormones have been restored. I think thyroid is probably on the top of that list, you know, making sure I, me time, like we talked about a little bit ago, just pedicure and manicure, just self-care and being able to say no. This is something I talk to a lot of patients about, especially women is no is a complete sentence. You do not have to please everybody everywhere because there's going to be a point where if you can no longer take care of yourself, you cannot take care of anybody else. I call that people pleasing, right? Uh-huh. When our inability to say no is because we're trying to make the other person happy. Yes. We're trying to please the other person or other people. And I point out to my clients all the time, every time you say yes, when you really want to say no, you're lying. Yeah. Like you're lying to yourself and you're lying to that person. Right. You're a liar. It's <laughs> a great way to put it, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and it's kind of jarring for folks when you put it that way because they're like, I'm not a liar. And I'm like, well, did you want to do it? No. Well, then why'd you tell him you did? Like, that's a lie. Right. Just really boiling it down, the simplistic point of it is yeah you're you're trying to and you're also trying to control what you can't control you're trying to make somebody else like you when you really don't have much control over that so so say no and that way you say yes to yourself but you you've brought up hormones a lot in this interview because they're super important and and i i don't want to just gloss over it because i feel like it is glossed over Uh uh-huh all of these other doctors that I had gone to before to try to help me with a whole host of things that I was dealing with, again, they would talk about, what are you experiencing? So I would talk about my symptoms and my experience, and it's just my experience, was that they would give me pills to treat my symptoms. They never really got to the reason the symptoms were even occurring to begin with, the core cause of it all. I call that a pill for your ill. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it is like so prolific. Yes. And frustrating for the patient. Right. Because you didn't have an Imitrex deficiency. You didn't have a Xanax deficiency, right? That's not a thing. You didn't have any of those things. No, I had all these other deficiencies that nobody else was testing until I saw you. So talk about the importance of hormones and just how they dictate so much of what's going on in your body. We, we focused on the adrenals for a bit, but overall, because this is what you specialize in, and this to me has been the missing piece in my health and well-being. And I would venture to say most people when they've come to you, they've been to all the doctors. Most people don't start with you, I would assume. No, no, no. My classic is I've been to the Mayo. So once they've been to the Mayo, right, that's the top of the heap. They have nowhere else to go. Then they come see me. 
Now, there are some people that trickle in that are young and, you know, their parents have already seen me. And those people are lucky because they've gotten to me before they've gotten on all the prescription medications, um, because that's a very difficult thing to deal with once they're, you know, undoing all those things. But why do you focus on hormones so much? Because hormones are what run your body. They make you sleep. They keep you awake. They keep your ability to learn sexual function, reproductive function. They run your entire body. So if your hormones are not balanced, and none of those hormones are bad, right? I don't want to talk about bad hormones because there's no such thing or our bodies wouldn't be making it. It's the imbalance of those hormones. So when the adrenals make those hormones, you can go one of two pathways. You can either make the sex hormones from that that make your whole body happy or you make cortisol, which then is just kind of a snowball effect. Um, And sex hormones are are responsible for making neurotransmitters, which makes our brain happy and keeps us from being depressed and anxious and irritable and on and on. Why do you think most health practitioners, whether they be nurse practitioners, PAs, doctors, specialists, whatever it may be, they seem to miss this piece. And that's my words, maybe not yours, but this doesn't seem to be where they start. It's, they don't even ever get there. Where's the disconnect? Okay. Well, there's a couple things we could talk about there. One is I, uh, my, all my new patients get a full hour with me. And the majority of that time is just spent talking to people because I want to know what is their diet like? What are their, what's their lifestyle like? What kind of stressors do they have? I just let them talk because a lot of hormones is symptoms. The labs kind of confirm that for me. It's confirmatory. Like that's what I was thinking. That's probably what's going on. When you go to your traditional medical doctor They look at the labs. They don't have time to talk to you. In their defense, they have to see patients every 10, 15 minutes to get the money from insurance, right? So they don't have a whole lot of time to talk to you. They're looking at labs. If nothing is wildly out of range, they don't call it. They say it's fine. And labs are are very difficult because they reflect an average population. So if you go into the lab and you have your labs drawn, let's say there's a hundred different people have their labs drawn that day and then they average those out. But we've already talked about how sick our population is with obesity and depression and anxiety. That's not the optimal range we want to be in. That's the average range. So those two things combined, they can't get to the root of the problem because they haven't seen the whole picture of that patient. And then we're also talking about a pill for your ill, right? So if you have someone listening right now and they've been nodding along going, yeah, this is me. I can so identify with this because it is so prolific. Where can they find you? Where can they learn more about, about you? Um, so my practice is located in Mesa. It's called Wingfoot Wellness and Hormones because those go together, right? Wellness and hormones. That's what we've been talking about. And then our website is wingfootwellnessandhormones.net. Um, for those of you who um, live out of state, and we do see people who are not local. We do a lot of um, telephone visits too, but you can reach me uh, at 480-590-6691. You know, Michelle, I'm I'm so thankful that you and I ran into one another, started having some of the conversations that we had that ultimately led down this path because it's been a journey. 
And I think that that is where a lot of people are right now. I think health and wellness, both physically and mentally, is a space where so many people want to grow, so many people want to take control over, but maybe they've ran into a few dead ends and then get frustrated with it. And that's where they end up finding people like you and people like me. And they start doing things that they never thought they would do, like go and get their hormones tested or hop on a coaching call with a life coach, like all of these Yeah. Or that they knew they even needed. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I appreciate you taking the time to to help folks because that's the goal of all of this. It's to help. It's to serve. It's to allow people to take control of something that they feel is out of control, but they have so much power over it more than I think they ever realized. Absolutely. All right, my friend. Thank you so much. I appreciate you being here today. Thank you. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Hey there, podcast listeners. If you're feeling stuck and you want to start wiggling loose, head on over to my website, PamelaHughesCoaching.com and sign up for a free session to see if life coaching is for you. Again, that's PamelaHughesCoaching.com. Hope to chat with you soon.